0: welcome to women of impact where no matter where you are in your journey i got you covered my homie and today we're embracing the power of the brain with the health and neurophysiologist and human performance brain coach dr louisa nicola now guys when you get stressed the question is can you actually still think clearly when you're under pressure can you make good decisions when you're overwhelmed can you still show up and crush it And this powerhouse is revealing ways to take better care of your brain and boost your performance. So get ready to deep dive into brain health because it's absolutely crucial. It is crucial to make sure that you take care and optimize your brain when you're looking to be a freaking badass and change your life and show up every single day. And so today with my girl, She lays out how to actually optimize your brain to work like a freaking all-star that when you're feeling under pressure, you know how to optimize your brain and calm down. We also go over why stress management is the key to your brain and health and aging. And we go over how to use exercise. Yep, that's right. Exercise is a powerful tool to optimize your brain. But before we dive in, my homies, I want to just quickly tell you about the listening experience that you can have if you go over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to Women of Impact subscription. You can listen with zero ads, an exclusive curated playlist, as well as topics like health, confidence, business and relationships. And you can dive deep into those specific topics. So go over right now and get your first week for free at apple.co slash women of impact. That's apple.co slash women of impact now let's get into the episode someone's disrespecting you when someone's coming at you when someone may be abusive when you're in a toxic relationship there are these moments where how do you stand up for yourself how do you have the confidence to have your own back so what are the things we can do in our life to
1: change so that we have the confidence in these moments so i'm going to start by saying one thing what you need to know at home is the brain is like the federal government of the entire body, it is driving everything you are, everything you think, every action you produce, every thought you have is driven by your brain. Therefore, the quality of your brain will dictate the quality of your life. Now, what does that mean? It means that we need to have a high performing brain to be able to fight off negative thoughts, be able to have confidence, be able to know who we are, be able to direct our lives the way we want. If you're at home and you're thinking, I've just had a fight with my spouse, and you're thinking, why do, Why can't I control my anger? It could very well just be because you were underslept or you've been sleep deprived for five or 10 years. That's changed the vasculature of your brain, the the networks of your brain. It's changed the morphology of your brain. Mm-hmm. So don't. I don't want anyone to ever think that they are the problem. It could just be because you don't have a high performing brain. And that's all I do. And it's beautiful, right? Because then you think, Jesus, I, I can have any life I want. I can be whoever I want if I just train my brain and that's the premise of what today's conversation is going to be like another thing i i think is fascinating and comforting is the fact that we are when we wake up our brain is primed for fear and negativity and anxiety it's not great yeah (laughs) great so we're not born to be happy we're not just happiness is a deliberate effort every second, every minute, every hour. So you have to turn it on. You just have to turn it on. Now, why is this? Let's go back prehistorically through evolution. We, as humans, weren't actually meant to survive past procreation. Mm. Okay, let's just say 40 years old, we were actually meant to die off because your brain is responsible for two things, reproduction and survival. So that's all it cares about. So it wakes up. and Specifically for females or for both? Both, okay. even males, okay? Males were not meant to survive past procreation. Mm. So that's it. We were just we we're meant to die off. We're now living longer through, obviously, the advancements in medicine and science. We're now living, we were living 50, now 60, now 100 and 120. And your brain is under attack from the moment that you wake up. Just plain sight. So if we are adding to the mix of our brain already being under attack, adding to the mix with people that we hang around, okay, we're allowing what they say to come into our brain. That's one thing. Sleep deprivation. We're taking energy away from our brain. Poor nutrition. We're now also not feeding and fueling the brain. Um, Uh, lack of exercise which is my area of expertise you know how does exercise Mm -hmm. affect the brain lack of exercise proper exercise therefore i've just given you four factors pile on top the brain is just inherently just here to make you survive and reproduce of course you don't have confidence of course you can't win a battle against your spouse in that moment or other people of course you don't feel good Of course. Mm. So we, you know, this, your brain is like, imagine it's three pounds. Okay. It takes up 2% of the entire body's weight, but consumes 20% of the energy. Two pounds of hard jello, if you will. You can put your fingers in it like this and, and mix it around, if you will. That's, it's soft, right? But it's a vascular rich organ. And I don't want to get too much into the science, but your your vascular system is the blood vessels Mm -hmm. that supply the brain with blood. Blood delivers oxygen and nutrients. And it's just working 24-7 just to keep you alive. And if you are not focusing on these factors that I mentioned, the sleep, the nutrition, the exercise, you're really just setting your your brain up for, for failure. Dude, thank you. That was
0: so epic. Like the foundation of that is so damn important. And I actually have a quote of yours that I'd like to read. You shouldn't be at the mercy of your brain. Our brain should be at the mercy of us. We control our brains, not the other way around.
1: Yes, 100%. I think we're walking around being driven and dictated by this dumb organ. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It is. And you know why I say dumb? Because it's like plastic. Now you imagine this this bustling city, this interconnected highway of networks. It's flying 24-7 and it will rape you of the amount of calories that you consume. And it is greedy and it's just there to survive. That's all we need to know to start with. Okay. So it's just there to say, hey guys, I'm here for me. And I'm also here under attack. I'm looking for who's, who's going to attack me. And then I'm going to close down everything and deliver the oxygen and nutrients to the body so I can run away from that attacker Mm. that's all it's thinking so we need to become a bit intelligent and as women I'm a female born and raised and I have to really really work hard in several aspects in different ways that men do Mm. to be able to cater for this
0: so, all right. So let's go down that rabbit yeah. hole of uh, what, what are the things that you have to do or us women have to do that's actually different to guys and why. Um, and then I'd love to really dive into those buckets that you said. So sleep, nutrition and then definitely exercise, um, because I want to keep orienting people to why the brain is so important yeah. for me As a teenager, I was completely insecure. I didn't believe in myself. I had a very negative uh, voice in my head that was always telling me that I was no good. I was petrified to do anything, say anything, stand up for myself. And so I I lacked utter uh, confidence. I lacked it completely. And it wasn't until I started to take my health seriously. It wasn't until I started to look at my sleep, look at my nutrition, that actually helped me then wake up the next day, like what you were saying, being able to now almost defend myself from all these negative things that were happening early in the morning. Mm. And so um, it's so important, everything that you're teaching. And so I, yeah, if you don't mind, I'd love to start going deep into what are those things that the women uh,
1: can start with? So why don't we go down the exercise okay. realm? Okay. Cause that's my favorite thing. Yeah. By the way, the most beautiful part of all of this is the fact that everything is free. Mm. okay we don't need crazy supplementation regimes okay supplements do come into it and we'll talk about that Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day we don't need too much to change our brain the only thing you need is deliberate effort Mm. okay Mm -hmm. so you need to be deliberate about the things that you do so let's
0: Oh, so actually one more thing that i've heard you speak about that i want to orient people as well is i've heard you say um i
1: think it's like after the age of 30 your brain starts to basically atrophy oh yeah yeah. So, oh. so for everyone at home, so we've probably heard of hypertrophy. This is increase in muscle cell size. So we go to the gym and we want to do hypertrophy to get bigger mm-hmm. muscles, and that's great, right? Atrophy is the opposite. It means decrease in muscle cell size. But that's what happens to our brain at the age of 30 and you know, this is a controversial topic, but at 25, that's when the brain's fully developed, which is why I, you know, I call, I've got three nieces and I'm, call, you know, they, one just turned 16 and then I, you know, talked to her about boys. I'm like, let's don't date a boy until he's reached around 26, 27, because you don't know who he is yet. He could change at the drop of a hat. So we'll keep that in She's mind. She's like at 16, I got to wait another 10 years. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So brain isn't fully developed. And then we've got this five-year gap. I look at my life at 25 to Thirty. That was the best time of my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but then at thirty, that's when things start to atrophy. Now, interestingly, okay, I, I want to bring this up as well. We're born with a with a genetic makeup, mm-hmm. right? Yours is different to mine. We're both Cypriot, but that's it, that's the thing that's connecting <laughs> us. We're both Gibre. We're both Cypriot. Um, genes are something that it's like a pact that your your body makes with you so your, your, your genetic code says to you hey guys we're born for the next 25 years i'm on your side at the age of 25 or at the age of 30 louisa you're on your own girl <laughs> you're on your own and you can switch me on you can switch me off you turn my bad genes on we've got around twenty five thousand genes in the human genome you switched my bad ones on louisa i'm going to give you pain i'm going to give you uh Headaches, I'm going to give you neurodegenerative diseases, I'm going to give you cancer. You turn me down, you and I can have a good life till 85, 90, 100. So we know that. So at 30, brain begins to atrophy. So how do we safeguard our brain? And I want everyone to think about this. Imagine you're going to war at 30, okay? You need to practice, you know, I get so many, you know, young girls like, why do I need to work on my brain? Your brain, you can't see it. People would just want to go to the gym and work on the outside appearances. You need to have a strong brain, just like you have to have a strong body to fight off when you go to war. What is war? War, in my opinion, is negative thoughts and it is lack of confidence. You're, you're going to war and you need to be able to fight that battle. So let's start with exercise. How does exercise change the brain and make it better? There's three forms that we're going to talk about. There's aerobic, physical activity or exercise. There's resistance training. And then there's neuroathletics. Okay, so that's that's my company. That's, you know, I love, that's you know, neurocognitive I'm s- training. So excited to talk about that. So aerobic exercise, that's walking, that's running, it's cycling. It's your long bouts of exercise, mm-hmm. right? it's exciting to me i was an endurance athlete a, a triathlete so i'm used to this right what we now know from the the scientific literature is that these long bouts of aerobic exercise do many things not just for our heart which is our cardiovascular system but also for our brain so they did this in mice you know the reason why we know this is because what they did was they got a group of mice and they put them underwater, okay, and they got them to, you know, because mice don't like water, so they had to tread the water to stay alive. So they were just treading, treading, and so therefore they were using their cardiovascular system. Then they got them out, they put them on a wheel and got them to run. They pulled a little part of their brain out and they found that they had grown new neurons in a specific area of the brain, and it's called the hippocampus. OK, so they found, they concluded that aerobic exercise grows new neurons in the brain. Dude, that's insane. We, because we lose brain cells mm. at the age of 30. We're losing them. By the mm. way, you can lose them faster by drinking alcohol. Oh, dude, I was, we're okay. definitely going to go down the whole We're going to go down that, not just Yeah, yeah. OK, yeah. so we're, I want everyone to stay with me. We're losing, you know, if you're at the, you're just losing it just through natural Brain aging, okay? Mm. But then, so we're losing. So then you think, oh, my God, we can grow new brain cells, then why don't we all just exercise? It turns out in humans, when you exercise, you don't grow new neurons in the brain. You only grow it in the hippocampus of the brain, okay? And it's because of one specific molecule. It's called BDNF, okay? Brain derived neurotropic factor. Mm. So when you exercise, you release this and it goes into the bloodstream and it goes up into the brain and it's a growth factor. So it helps. It 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 like says to the brain, hey, I'm here, let's grow new neurons. Interestingly, the hippocampus is the first part to go in neurodegenerative diseases. So like... Alzheimer's, yep. dementia, things like that. Correct. That's the area responsible for memory and learning. Mm. That's why we start to forget things. So, short-term memory in Alzheimer's disease patients is the first to go. It starts with, you know, where are my keys? What's my next-door neighbor's name? What street do I live on? Okay, hippocampus, which is why exercise is profoundly important for uh, for Alzheimer's disease and dementia. Wow, that's fascinating. I yeah. have no idea. As we age as well, we also have a lower efficacy to release dopamine. Mm. Now, I know you know what dopamine is. Dopamine is this neurotransmitter, neuromodulator, if you will, that's responsible for motivation, also rewards. Mm -hmm. Okay, So when you go out and you achieve a goal, let's just say you want to run five kilometres and you go out and you hit your five-kilometre pace – You reward yourself with dopamine, okay? As we get older, we just have less dopamine that gets produced, okay, just from the natural brain-aging process.
0: Yeah. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, all lowercase again guys you can go to shopify.com/lisa right now to grow your business no matter where you are and what stage it's in That's shopify.com/lisa sorry and i am to interrupt you i actually have a quick question about that then so yeah. is it harder than the the older you get to then have that amazing response so like as I think about alcohol drugs gambling sex all these things are you more likely to do it more as you get older because it's harder for you to release the dopamine
1: yeah and, and it's interesting because dopamine is also I think you know what we're hearing a lot about is you know dopamine being this reward and and goal orientated mm. molecule It's also a movement molecule because in Parkinson's disease, you know, there's a little area, it gets released in two sites in the brain, and there's this little area called the substantia niagara, and this is where a lot of the dopamine is produced. Mm. In Parkinson's disease patients, they have a loss of the ability to produce dopamine. So this Mm. is why it's a movement disorder. Oh, interesting. So in Parkinson's disease patients, what you will see in the first stages, you know, they are, I don't want to move. I don't want to go out. They don't have that motivation and that drive. So So that completely makes sense on the connection there then. Exactly. So we just have a lower Mm -hmm. efficacy of this as we're getting older. So putting a structured training uh, regime in place for exercise is going to help your brain in many ways. Dopamine, serotonin, these things that make you feel good, these happy hormones that make us feel alive and bring us into who we are. Mm. That's the first thing. Then we've got another thing that happens with aerobic activity. Okay. I always say what's good for the heart is good for the brain because remember blood flow, blood flow. I want everyone just to think how do I get blood flow to my brain? We know we're doing it through exercise. We have this beautiful, uh, we have a heart and this beautiful thing called the aorta. Okay, one of the biggest vessels of the heart. When this comes up, it's, it comes up and we have these arteries that shoot out from it that go to the brain. We've got the carotid arteries at the mm. front, then we've got the vertebral arteries at the back. And then we've got branching off from that. This aorta and these massive arteries actually have muscles around them. So they're, they're muscles just like our body. they got, mm. they've got muscles around them. If, if it is a strong artery, when it just pumps one and it pumps blood, okay, you're going to get a certain amount of blood that profuses to the brain. If it's stronger, with just one pump, you're going to get even more blood, right? So it makes sense, right, that we want stronger arteries. Mm. How do we train the walls of our arteries? Through exercise. Exercise actually helps you strengthen. It's called um, cardiac remodeling. You can remodel your cardiac system through aerobic activity and you create your base of all of exercise. So, protocol: 3 hours a week of aerobic exercise at 65% of your maximum heart rate. Does that make so sense? So, let's say someone doesn't necessarily have a heart rate monitor. What would that yeah. look like? Could they do like jumping jacks? Like yeah. what's the type of really Push-ups. good really good question. If anyone doesn't have, and they're thinking like, how far, you know, how hard should I be going? This should be aimed at, you want to be, let's just say you're on a treadmill. You want to be working to a point where you can feel it, but you can also have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's not, (laughs) it's like, okay, I can feel this, but I can also talk as well. That's when you're probably in zone two. And what does the zone two mean? This so we have zones of training. Zone one, you and I are in right now. Okay. Zone two. This means what? Just sitting on your ass? Yeah, just sitting (laughs) down. So you know, so many different. You know, physiologists will have different zones, four, five, or six. I tend to go into the the zone four, zone five. You know, zone five would be maximum heart rate. Okay. Now, all I want people to do is do. There's a, a really great calculation for working this out. So you do two hundred and twenty minus your age mm. that is your maximum heart rate okay Got it. for argument's sake, we'll say you're twenty years old. two hundred and twenty minus twenty would be 200. that is your maximum heart rate then do sixty five percent of 200 mm-hmm. that is the zone zone two yeah. Correct so you'd be want to be working in that zone for around three hours a week and guess what it's not hard mm-hmm. okay. it's easy you can listen to a podcast while you're doing it try and stick to three hours a week and can that be does it matter how you break up those hours like can it be 30 minutes a day can it be three hours in one day and then you take the rest of the week off I just want people exercising okay, so what, you can do as much as you want but if we were being really strict I would say doing one hour at a time now I know I'm going to get a lot of questions like, but Louisa, I go for walks. My mother, for example, once a week we will have an argument, okay, my parents and I about this. I say, Mom, did you do your exercise for the day? Louisa, I was gardening. Okay, gardening is great. Walking is great, but it does not have the impact that I'm talking to you about. There was a Harvard study done on you know, walking, saying Mm. how great it is for the brain, Mm. and it is. However, to get the response that we need in order to grow the new neurons, in order to change our brain structurally, we need to be doing these these efforts. Mm. It's deliberate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Deliberate. Love Yes. We love the deliberate. So that's aerobic, right? Let's now move on to resistance training, which is, oh, it is my favorite topic to talk about. So during the 1990s, it was all about aerobic activity that's all we knew when it came to brain health then we started to catch on to the fact that resistance training which is weight training we'll call it we'll call it weight training produces so many more beneficial effects for the brain Mm. all right so what does it do it turns out that when you contract your muscle when you make it smaller through uh you know let's just say a bicep curl we are contracting our bicep you're contracting the muscle, what happens is within the muscle cells lives these beautiful little creatures. They're called myokines. Okay, A myokine is just a protein that lives in the skeletal muscle. So they're muscle-based proteins. When you contract your muscles, these get released. They shoot out. Now, some of them stay within the muscle cell. Others shoot out into the bloodstream, okay? They go into the blood and then they go up into our organs. They go to the pancreas, to the spleen, to the heart and to the brain. And when they go to these areas, oh, my God, it is like fertilizer. Mm. Yeah, it just does what it has to do. And we now know that myokines can starve off neurodegenerative diseases cardiovascular diseases mm. and certain forms of cancer. So we've got little receptors all throughout our organs and they bind to the receptors and they have a positive effect on them, mm. okay? We now have, I, I believe there's around 1,000 different myokines, okay? 1,000. We really, you know, in the literature, I think we really only know around 100 of them. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. I'm hoping to find a, a discover one and call it the Louisa. Okay. So <laughs> go that. to the gym to produce a Louisa. Okay. So let's Amazing. let's stay on this for a minute because it's interesting. It has to do with our, our heritage. There is one specific myokine that gets released. It's called irisin, and it was named after the Greek god Iris. Everything comes from the Greeks, everything <laughs> as our fathers, I'm sure, would say, <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it maths, medicine, it comes from the Greeks. <laughs> Don't at me, but um <laughs> what happens is it's a messenger molecule. It gets released mm. from the skeletal muscle, goes mm. into the bloodstream, it goes up into the brain. So it crosses this barrier. Have you heard of the blood-brain barrier?
0: No. Well
1: guys, we've got one of these, okay, and it's a protective barrier of cells. OK, so on the outer portion of our, our brain, we've got cells, endothelial cells, and they're bound together by tight junctions. OK, mm-hmm. so these little cells are like this, which means that certain molecules can't come through, which is great. It's done, That's for a protective mechanism. For protective it, yep. mechanisms. OK, so imagine a bouncer at a club. You're, <laughs> You're talking my club, language yeah, now, girl. <laughs> The club is your brain and it yeah, is okay. the, the most, mm-hmm. it is like the Roxbury. Remember that movie, mm-hmm. The Night at the Roxbury? Everyone wants in. But the bouncer, which is your blood-brain barrier, is like, I'm not going to let you in. I'm going to let you in. You are omega-3 fatty acids. Mm. You can come in. But your cholesterol, I ain't going to let you in. But irisin comes through and it crosses. Oh. Okay, now irisin is a messenger molecule because all myokines are messengers, right? They're just little messengers and they come to the brain and then they basically knock on the walls of our frontal lobe and they say guys I'm here I need you to increase your executive functions I need you guys to increase your decision making your information processing speed your learning your memory not just that it also says to BDNF Mm. hey BDNF I'm here go and grow new neurons in the hippocampus it actually helps it Wow. Is that why? So I've tried meditation before.
0: Mm. I've hated it. I just can't. I haven't been able to get the pleasures that other people get from meditation. But um I started to lift weights when I had really bad health issues. And it was the only thing I could do because I couldn't really stand up a lot for long. So I could just basically work out my arms. And since then, it changed the way that I feel about myself. Every single morning It's oh, yeah. become my morning routine. And I call it my version of my meditation. Is that why?
1: Yeah, that's exactly why. Oh. And imagine this. 80% of brain gray matter is modifiable by exercise. God damn. So our brain, when I talk about it, I talk about functionality. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember those networks I was talking mm-hmm. about? How. That's the functioning of our brain. How is it functioning? But then there's structural components, okay? Mm -hmm. So back to the hippocampus. By the way, the hippocampus is this seahorse. You've got two because we've got two lobes. Seahorse-shaped structure deep in the temporal lobes, okay? The temporal lobes just live here. They're deep within there. And you, we've actually seen this on neuroimaging. The volume, the volume, which is the structure, grows just with exercise we've done studies on it in humans and in mice we know that so the question then is if we know that why are we not exercising
0: mm-hmm.
1: and lifting weight especially yes. as women yes here are my theories people think that neurodegenerative diseases, alzheimer's disease is a time stamp disease meaning mm. Okay, I'm 75 and I've just been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Okay, that didn't just happen then. Guess when it started? It started in your 20s. Okay, your, what you do in your 20s and even more what you do in your 30s has an effect of who you will be in your 70s. Which is why I'm, like, taking my time when it comes to marriage because I'm like, you know what, I need to know who you are because I need to know if I want to look after you when you're 75. I need you to have your habits in place by 35, 40 so I know what I'm up against when I'm 75, right? Well, which I you you (laughs) smile and
0: joke, but it's so freaking powerful actually that you said this because I heard you also say about how much are we losing now money-wise in studies for Alzheimer's? Oh, my God. It will be the
1: collapse, hear me strong on this, yeah. we are losing billions of dollars per year to Alzheimer's disease and the cost of you also being a caregiver, and that's another thing that's placed upon women, being caregivers throughout, you know, throughout time. So there's another, a- another thing that we have to deal with.
0: Yeah, and that's, like, I don't want to dismiss this or go past it too quickly because, There are things where I go, okay, I don't want Alzheimer's. I saw my grandmother get Alzheimer's. It is utterly heartbreaking, utterly heartbreaking. So I don't want that, obviously, for me to get there. But the truth is, especially with my husband, I don't want him to have to take care of me. I don't want to be a lump. Yeah. And just, so my grandmother, she would just spit on the floor and swear. And she was, you know, like not herself, now yeah. with me being very conscious of it, I don't want my husband to have to experience me like that. Yeah, And then also, selfishly, I don't want to experience my husband like that. And so if we can all say, what life do we want? Do we want to have this as part of it? Yes or no? Because mm. I have zero judgment. Like literally, if you hear this today and you screw that, I'm going to sit on the sofa and eat ice cream every day and just watch Netflix and not do it. Go ham. Like honestly, yeah. if that's the life you choose, based on the knowledge amazing it's where people may not have the knowledge and then god forbid they find themselves there
1: and be like well if only i knew Mm. and that's what tends to happen if you go and work um you know in a geriatric ward you will see that most people say just you know just be happy don't stress too much and i wish i knew Mm. what i know today back then especially when it comes to health so that's right. You don't want to be looking after someone. You don't want to go through this. And what you do in your 20s and 30s is, have, is going to have an effect on that. Mm-hmm. So exercise. I used to struggle thinking exercise, sleep, exercise, sleep. What is better for mm-hmm. the brain? And I solely think the best prescription that's given to Alzheimer's disease patients is actually not pharmacology. It is exercise. In the form of resistance training. Now, let's go back to women because, you know, and I always preface, yes, I am a woman, so I attack myself a lot. A, women are afraid to lift weights in fear of getting big. And I have to tell you, stop it. Okay, you are not going to get big. It is so hard. I try. I try to get big. Uh, doing, wait, I'm not getting there. You have to consume a massive am- amount of calories and protein and you be, have to be lifting a lot of volume. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get there to stop it. That's just an excuse. So girls protocol. What is it? You need to be lifting weights at least three times per week. Hard hard weights and in fact if you look at the science it shows the correlation between brain health and leg strength mm. all right here's another interesting fact we lose as every decade we lose three to five or no, three to eight percent of our muscle mass per decade so we're already losing that okay so you have to work even harder Mm. To not lose that, but to grow. And
0: so just to stop you there, that's why I believe that you can eat the same thing, right, at 20 and not put on a pound and then eat exactly the same thing in 20 years and put on weight. Because your muscle mass has declined yeah. and your muscle is what burn, helps burn the energy. It's a, it's a storage unit for glucose. Mm. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah
1: have to work harder
0: and it's a, specifically i heard you say quads right like yeah. work your quads um do you know the glucose goddess mm-hmm. okay so she i had her on my show as well i love her she's yeah. amazing and since she's told me about how like if you eat certain sugars um to help you with your glucose levels, basically do squats so now every saturday i always have a cookie like my little like snack that i can stomach i always have some dessert but then i always do squats specifically and when i heard you say, straight after you eat it no, it's uh, usually actually, In a, it's probably better that I do it straight after. But um, at least as, I make sure that I do it that day. So that night, I make sure that I do like 100 squats or something like that. Um, and then when I heard you talk about the quads, I was like, oh, I wonder how much those all are connected. Yeah. Like
1: specifically the quads. And if you don't yeah. mind explaining why. Your quads, okay, it just comes down to vector size. So you've got quads four. You've got four muscles that make up, you know, this area, the the front part of your of your leg, and they're big. Okay, now what happens when what what's in what what infiltrates? We've got vessels, but we've also got veins. So every time that you actually contract these big units here, Mm -hmm. you're contracting these veins. Now, veins are different to arteries veins are one directional pumps. So when you squeeze them together, because that's what happens when you work out, Mm -hmm. you squeeze these veins, shoots up blood to the brain. We want blood, right? We Mm -hmm. just need that blood flow. And so that's one part of it. But the next part is we have, so our muscles contain a lot of mitochondria. Okay. Mitochondria we know is the powerhouse of the cell Mm. the energy happens within there we've got mitochondria in our brain as well obviously so therefore if we grow bigger muscles in our legs we have more mitochondria as well more mitochondria means more energy better ability to fight off diseases better immunity uh, better everything really Thank you for explaining that.
0: I love knowing the why to things yeah. as well um, because it really does help me know in that next time where I really can't be bothered to do the squats, right? Like, I just want everyone at home to know, like, I freaking hate squats. Yeah. But once I understand why, every excuse I'm giving myself in that moment, Lisa, you're too tired. It's a Saturday. day. Like, all those reasons that could maybe be valid, right? Yeah. Like, you're busy, you're stressed, whatever. Like, give yourself a break. I just go back to the why. Yeah. Once I know my why, oh, okay, Lisa, what you're doing is you're actually sending the blood from your legs up to your brain. It's helping your brain. You don't want to get Alzheimer's. But, well. yep. well, like, I just, like, coach myself in
1: those moments. Yeah, and here's another really great reason why we need great strength. Okay, I said mm. to you that 3 to five, mm-hmm. three to 5% of muscle mass, okay, mass decreases. We actually get a larger decrease in strength, and strength mm. is what we need. Okay. Let's talk about when you're 80, we can fast track from the age of 80 or even 70. We can fast track our way to all cause mortality, which is death through many different ways, but one of them is through falling. Okay. You fall, you break your hip. That's it. You've just fast tracked your way to death because you break your hip, right? You go into surgery, you're, um, Post operative infections will increase and just, you know, then you just start to leave a sedentary lifestyle. So you don't want to break a hip. Mm. But we, a lot of old people are falling. Okay. My, my, yeah, my grandmother, she fell at the age of uh, 85. Great genes, by the way. She lived until 95. But um, she, she, we, I saw a massive decline in her and you don't want that. How do you prevent yourself from falling? Increase stability and muscle strength and muscle mass, Mm. especially in the lower body because that's what's going to, like, stable you as you walk. So we need that. Also the glutes as well and and everything. Okay? Does that make sense? Is that even more of a – No,
0: I think that's so important. And this is also why I think – um, I post a lot on my social. These old, older women that I found in their eighties and nineties doing these epic things in the gym, like deadlifting, doing these squats, doing oh, yeah. box jumps and stuff I like that. Them. And the reason being is that I, 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 it's important to show examples that mm. when someone is like, "Well, I'm too old," right? Everyone gives that ex- that kind of excuse. Oh, I'm too old to do that. It's like, no, you're not. Here's an example of someone doing it. One more thing that I've added on moments where because since I heard this about the quads and the squats is so important. Um, people are gonna maybe say they don't have time. Guys, just do it while you brush your teeth. Like yeah. I actually do it when I brush my teeth because I'm like, okay, well, I've got an electric toothbrush and I know that I can get about eighty squats in with my electric toothbrush. Yeah. And so I just know I mean the standing there.
1: Well I'm doing something. I'm gonna have to argue with you right Oh now, please. Okay? Uh while I am um for or you know, always trying to find a way to yeah. exercise. The truth is uh we need to be lifting around 80 to 85 percent of our one repetition max so we can't just our
0: body weight it needs to be
1: yeah back to the little pissy weights that girls are using okay i'll reference my mother the poor thing i always pick on her sometimes she goes into the gym and she's lifting these tiny one pound weights and i don't know what she's doing it's not going to have an effect Mm, mm -hmm. lift hard Mm. lift heavy okay and do it three to four times a week okay so
0: i need you will to get get bulky okay i need to get a weight vest then that's my conclusion to doing yeah. it while brushing my teeth. Yeah,
1: actually, get a weight vest and um, we can go for a hike because that's a great way to Oh, yeah, you're do it right. Because that's yeah. not even. Okay. Okay. So we've got the exercise down packed, but then we're going to move on to neuroathletics. Yeah, okay? please. this is so exciting. Neurocognitive training. So your map, okay, let's go back to the city. Okay. Every single part of your brain is accounted for. Okay, we've got this little creature called the homunculus. If you look up homunculus, it's like you'll see this, you'll see this outer portion of the brain that's sliced into a a coronal section. You'll see this weird looking creature that kind of looks like this. It's like, and okay, and it's basically showing you what every part of the brain is responsible for. Okay, so we've got, you know, the reason why is you've got this motor cortex that sits Mm. across here. Every part of the brain is accounted for. As we get older, and especially when people retire, you stop using different areas of the brain, right? As we get older, we're not climbing trees. We're not doing, you know, many hand-eye coordination like we did when we were kids. So the brain has this kind of theory, okay? And it says, if you don't use me, you lose me. So different areas of the brain begin to shrink, because we're not using it, mm. so let's also take a, a bit of a neuroanatomy. I want you to do this with me. Just get yeah, your right okay. hand, okay, and just just put it against right. your everyone forehead. at home. Come on, let's do just, this together, guys. Put oh, your again. hand on your forehead. It's not much. It's just that, okay. Just <laughs> okay. here, like this, <laughs> yeah, I okay. Like, right, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So that there is your frontal lobe, mm-hmm. and it's about the size of your palm. Okay, it's the biggest part of your brain. Okay, And it houses the prefrontal cortex, which is known as the CEO. So mm-hmm. I told you your brain is the federal government and the, the, this is the CEO of the entire brain. It's the dictator and it says it's involved in your cognitive functions, decision making, focus, attention, mm-hmm. uh, everything, you, your ability to think fast, process information. It all lives right here. Okay, then you've got another area of your brain, which is called the cerebellum. It's my favorite part of the brain. It's called mini brain. Okay, it sits at the back, you know, just behind the brainstem at the back of the brain. That's involved in coordination. We start to, you know, we don't do things with one-legged anymore, you know, as we get older. So when I talk about neuroathletics training, I'm talking about neurocognitive training, things that are involving every area of the brain. For example, reaction time, you know, and the way that I would tell everyone at home to train these areas of the brain is just get a tennis ball. So easy, right? Very cost effective. Get a tennis ball, start throwing the ball to the wall. Okay, you're getting hand-eye coordination, you're getting reaction time, you're getting visual processing, Mm. you're getting everything. The reason why I brought up the cerebellum is stand on one leg, and throw the ball you'll you'll see yourself you know kind of trying to balance that you're training that area of the brain so you're strengthening it okay so every single part of the brain needs to be accounted for and in fact we now know that even um hearing loss okay or hearing impairment is a very strong predictor of alzheimer's disease oh yeah I so doing things with sound for example i do these things with my and by the way I'm doing these with the most elite athletes in the world.
0: That's what I was going like, to say. This is like, not a, a secret. Yeah. Actually, before we go on to the hearing thing, i actually love a bit more with the the hand eye coordination stuff because you. I heard you say that you do this with your athletes. Yeah. Um. Because things like, I think you said Michael Jordan or something, but it's like Michael Jordan. You know. That does a catch uh, one second makes a difference between it being Michael Jordan and him no longer being able yeah. to play for the NBA.
1: Yeah. And that's reaction time. So, um, you know, with neuroathletics, when we bring on a new client, we do a decode phase, which, you know, we get to know everything. We do blood work, we do VO two max testing. We also do a brain scan. Mm. Okay. And, and in neurophysiology, you would go and see a neurophysiologist if you had, you know, for example, a seizure, You know, they'd scan your brain to see if maybe you've got epilepsy or why the seizure occurred. Mm -hmm. I use these scans to figure out visual acuity, first and foremost, and reaction time. You know, I'm trying to figure out, okay, when you see a stimulus, how, you know, when you catch a ball and throw it, can we decrease that reaction Mm -hmm. time? Because that's the difference between LeBron getting 15 points in a game or getting two points in a game.
0: Yeah, and then when I think about myself, things I react to, so even in this episode, right, it's like it's a back and forth. I have to hold a lot in my brain yeah, yeah. of what you're saying. I have to remember some of the questions that I have. I have to remember something that you've said. And so when I'm thinking about my reaction time and my brain capacity and being able to hold things and be able to rap, react to something that you're saying while well, I'm still holding on to this, while well, I'm still very aware there's a, you know, a bunch of cameras around. I'm like this is the sort of thing that I need to know. And anyone listening at home, And why that's important to him? Because I don't want people to dismiss, go, well, I'm not going to be in the NBA. I'm not Serena Williams. It actually doesn't freaking matter.
1: Driving accidents, actually. Mm. A huge cause of driving Uh accidents
0: is um, reaction time. So I love that. And now I'm just being me and getting a little obsessed. I like to know the exact. So underhand... Throw
1: the ball oh, oh Okay, it yep. has to be overhand. Uh, well, it you should, should do overhand. okay Let's do like neuroathletics. Like we're we're doing overhand throws.
0: Okay, so overhand. Yeah. And then I know that you've said that like the right side, con- the right side of the brain controls the left side of the body, yeah, and vice versa. Yeah. So when I'm on one leg, yeah. Should I be thrown with the
1: opposite hand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can do you can do ipsilateral, which is, you know, all on one side, or you can do contralateral. It doesn't really matter. The, the, this is the key. It has to be stressful. So wow. a rebuttal to this. Well, Louisa, I do sudoku. No. <laughs> okay, it's not, yes, Sudoku is fun. You gotta stress the brain you've got to put it under a bit of, and this puts some it people stress. may be saying but
0: you've then never done sudoku yeah
1: well, that's actually well <laughs> quite true um but it does i literally it, look
0: at the board and like, it just stresses me out
1: already but it does take it into consideration mm. so right now you're you're you've trained your brain because you studied you told me last night you watched some of my episodes you were studying and it took you a long time so we have to throughout our lifespan we have to be always you know, neuro, we have to be working our cognition in some way. Okay. So it's doing it thing. T- so you're stressing it out. Yeah. But it's momentary stress versus yes. lifestyle stress. Correct. We don't want chronic stress being in a chronic inflammatory state. State. We just want to be able to st- And I tell protocols, don't only do this for 10 minutes a day? That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Okay. So I'll do this 10 minutes a day every single day? Yep.
0: For the rest of my life. The rest of your wow, life. Jesus, yeah. all right. You can have some weekends okay, off. Okay, thank you. And it, <laughs> would it get easier though? Like, um, in fact, I believe you said like put a blindfold or like yeah. what a pa-
1: an eye patch. It's funny. Yeah, when I first started off, I bought these eye patches just from you know CVS. Yeah. Now we've upgraded. We've actually got like goggles that we put on that they black out. You know, they're like professional ones yeah. now. But put an eye patch on, cover one eye, because you then you've blacked out completely fifty percent mm. of your of your brain really or, or your eyesight so it makes it hard it's like doing weights for the brain mm. and i love this because it's really cheap right it's a tennis ball that's like yeah. a buck and then an eye patch that an is probably patch. another buck correct you can do so many different things you can even get your husband or wife or a partner involved in that too oh it's kind of a fun activity yeah to throw the ball together. to each other yeah. yeah so there are many different things that we do in that area but i just wanted people mm. to know that exercise for the brain is that's what's going to keep it alive and thriving it has a lot to do with evolution too but we don't have to go there but that's the exercise portion
0: so what else would you do apart from the ball what other things can you do from neuroathletics
1: oh it's really funny so we have a we have a number chart for example i would say it's this big and the numbers you know are about this big and they're 1 to 60 let's just say on one chart it is so funny okay so i will get one of my players to go up to the chart, get two index fingers, and just find the numbers in chronological order. Mm -hmm. And actually this is really important. For some reason, most of the men, when they get to number 14, they can't find it, okay? They begin to think that I'm tricking them. They're like, you actually haven't got 14 on here. They can't find it. Most women on the first go get up to 20. Wow. I don't know why, but it's it's unbelievable. But listen to this. I get them to step back and take a breath. I stop the timer. I say, "Find 14, they find it. Why? Because under stress, under pressure, your brain is only built to survive, so it shuts everything down and it makes you not be able to find that number. That's what happens in a game, okay? Mm. When you're stressed and anxious in a game, it's like you can't find – who to throw the ball with, or what to do. You can't find your, you know, when you're stressed and angered, you're fighting with someone, you're having an argument, you start to say mm. things that just don't make sense because your brain is like, oh, I can't operate, You, I'm under so much stress. But then you take a moment, you breathe, you activate the parasympathetic nervous system, and then it's like, okay, I can think now. Mm.
0: There must be some hereditary thing well, going back into cavemen days of why men stop at 14, but women can go all the way to 20.
1: Yeah. It's like a woman can't just shut down like that. I keep honestly going. inherently believe it's because evolutionarily, okay, we would have to go out and hunt and what would happen is we would activate our sympathetic nervous system, fight or flight, in order to run away from the tiger or find food, okay, and that's what the, the male's job was. And I think that women inherently now have having to do everything, Be a, you know, grow a human for nine months. Okay, really, that's a big undertaking. You know, get the human out. That's another big undertaking. Then be the primary caregiver. Also, put the food on the table, be a housekeeper, and Go to work as well, doing everything. So we managed being able to manage that mm-hmm. over time. Maybe that's what it is, but don't quote me on that.
0: Yeah, I won't. yeah. <laughs> but it feels right. It feels it right. It really does. Um, and just like in general, when it comes to male and female brains, you know, I, I've read the. Have you read the book, The Female Brain? Yes. Oh my god, I love that yeah. book. It was one of the first books that I ever read. In fact, this is what initially got me interested in the brain in general was I just, I oh yeah, mean, my husband is exactly the same, right? Yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. Hey, he's different, you know, yes, he's got testosterone and I got, you know, est- what estrogen, but other than that, like, I always just thought our brain structures were the same. And then I read the book, The Female Brain, um, and just literally follows it through, you know, when you're in the mother's womb to all the way to when you die and understanding how certain parts of our brain shuts down, you know, I guess it shuts down, I'm not sure if I'm using the right terminology, but as you get into your teen years, because there's certain things that a female will need more nurturing um but a guy needs more of the aggression because of the hunter gatherer um and so kind of like understanding that and then that led me to understanding you know when you go into a cupboard and a guy like it's like I can't find it and you're like it's right in front, right of, in you. front of you yeah. and they literally can't see it my husband still thinks I trick him because he's like there's no way that was there and I'm like yes go. it was testosterone
1: you know what's interesting as well because you, you you've I and I want to point this out because you keep talking about your husband and there was a a wonderful Harvard study done and it was actually um, just put out not long ago and they tracked people over an 80-year time frame. Yeah, so that's why it was a very big study. Okay, what they found was that guess what the number one key was for lasting brain health? Love. Relationships. (laughs) Isn't that unbelievable? I only guessed it because of what you, how you set it up. But I relationships, never... yeah. And for many reasons, mm. okay? It could be hormonal reasons. But it also could be the fact that men, are, you know, it turns out, which I, I hate to say, but uh, married men live longer than married women. And this is generally because the male is getting looked after by the female. I see this in my parents. Uh, In 2019, my dad had a stroke, uh, a minor stroke, but we've seen a lot of, you know, we've seen a lot of downhill cognitive changes Mm -hmm. since then. And my mother has taken on every role for him. She is the, the carer, the doctor, the mother, the wife. She's doing absolutely everything. And then I see my dad and he's just He's like, oh, I feel great. He gets up and he's because he's now got someone full time that is looking after him. But my mom's also looking after herself. And it's you see what's happening over time. Mm. So I think maybe that has to do with it. But also the fact that you can get challenged as you get older because you have someone to talk to every day you have someone to go to bed with so then you've got the oxytocin then you've got the love you've got the serotonin you have someone to go out and maybe travel with and enjoy time with not just that your brain wants to feel safe here's the key thing as well you mentioned confidence put your brain in a safe environment and it will thrive how do you put it in a safe environment you nourish it with good food, you don't deprive it of sleep, you give it exercise and you give it hydration. It will feel inherently safe. When it feels safe, you won't feel the need to be negative and you won't feel as if I'm the victim and I'm at the mercy of this person and I have to stay in this toxic relationship Mm -hmm. because when it's unsafe, it's thinking if you are in some form of, you know, abusive relationship – If I go, maybe I will be even more unsafe than what I am now.